and welcome to another episode of Detective Writer. I'm your host Sally, aka Detective Writer, and today I am super duper excited to introduce all of you to a brand new guest, fellow mystery author Lana McCara. Lana, thank you so much for being here. I'm super, super excited. Sally, I've been looking forward to this ever since we connected. I can't wait for our conversation. <laughs> yes, definitely. And for those of you um, who are interested in wondering how I know Alana, I actually went on podcastguest.com and it's a great site that helps connect podcasters and podcast guests, you know, for anybody, whether it be mystery topics or even cooking topics, they really help connect you with other podcasters and even guests and I'm just super duper excited and if you don't mind Lana I'd definitely love to hear a little bit about you know your passion for writing like what really got you to write over 27 books that's incredible (laughs) thank you so much oh wow it's quite a story because I (laughs) I started out um I guess I was in the fourth grade third grade or fourth grade and I discovered Nancy Drew and Hardy Boys, oh, and wow. I became so so obsessed That's <laughs> with the mystery. Yeah, um, in fourth grade, I went to the middle school, which was a brand new school with a gorgeous library. And wow. on uh, on break time, every single day, I would go to the library and check out two books take them home and read them both and bring them back the next day and check out two more. And I literally demolished the library over the next two years. <laughs> That's amazing. That sounds like my childhood. I call myself the self-proclaimed bookworm. You couldn't get me to leave a library. And I don't really have much memory of it, but I have no doubt this is definitely true. My relative used to say that I used to read the dictionary for fun. And I would think, okay, I can see why, because I would think it's exciting to know new words and new language. So I'm like, I can definitely hear you on that. Uh, So at the time, I didn't even think of writing. I never thought of writing. I went to college. I majored in education with an English minor. I loved grammar. Believe it or not, I loved diagramming sentences. That was, you know, one of my favorite things to do. And I hated writing. I didn't like the writing compositions. They were boring. <laughs> I can understand. I feel like I'm more creative writing, but when it comes to like personal things, like I don't know, making nouns, stuff like that, it was a little hard. And this is so bad to say as an author. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, I was an addict of Agatha Christie by this point. Uh, Agatha Christie and uh, Dick Francis, who writes mysteries about horse racing, and Alastair McLean. I mean, I was just uh, still reading a lot, but I got married my senior year of college, right in the middle of Christmas break. And as soon as I got married, I started having one baby after another. I had seven children in 12 years. I was so bored. I couldn't read with kids. You know, I had toddlers. I, you know, one-year-old, two-year-old, three-year-old, and you yeah. know, and on it went. But how was I going to sit down and read a book? There's no way. Um, and I saw this this ad in this women's magazine. It said you can write children's books, and it was a full-page like infomercial on there. And I read that. It just intrigued me. And I sent in the little application for the aptitude test, and they said I had an aptitude for it. Never even occurred to me that I would. And I took that course. It was how to write children's books, but I didn't end up writing children's books. I love mysteries too much. I had to write mysteries. I couldn't get away from it. So (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I found out that creative writing is so fun. It really is. I think for me, what I really love about creative writing especially is that, you know, you don't have to just stick to one specific thing. You can really just have fun with it. It can be fictional. It can be a thriller or even historical. 
aspects of writing you can really have fun with creative writing and I I think that's what really empowered me from the beginning is that there's so much imagination and creativity that's brought about that you can literally make a whole new world new languages make new characters it's like it's almost like traveling without having to leave home or in my case being able to leave and escape reality sometimes yes absolutely it was just incredible to think that what i love so much i could create now that's incredible that blew my mind and can i also ask you where did you find your passion for mystery um like what really inspired you to write especially mystery over 27 books <laughs> i just find that incredible i'm not gonna lie <laughs> i think it's the same reason i love puzzle of figuring it out and finding the clues and seeing the things that you know have been tried somebody tried to hide away and you found out um and now the the thrill for me is to secretively hide these clues in the text and and have the reader at the end you know just do that head smack i can't believe i missed that it was there the whole time you know yeah um that that just uh, i get such a kick out of it and i'm i could be sitting here typing and be in the house alone and laughing and laughing and laughing because i just get a kick out of it <laughs> that's amazing it, it, it's also like with mystery you never know what's gonna happen so sometimes you find yourself at the edge of your seat and you're like waiting for the dun 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 i do that a lot <laughs> i gotta ask how did you find the time to write all of these stories what inspired you like and to even become a ghostwriter what was your experience like how did you find the time to really bring your passion and make it a complete reality i'd love to know about that <laughs> well i finished the course uh on children's books and i started writing my first novel and it was a kind of thing where me time you know i had all these kids and I would get up at five o'clock in the morning and write until seven, seven thirty, until the kids woke up. And you know that was kind of what I did to keep my sanity. I mean, can you imagine seven children, ages yeah. zero to twelve, and six of them were boys, oh. and uh, pandemonium. You know, <laughs> my <laughs> life was very, very exciting all the time. Wow. And I got to go to my desk in the early morning hours, before dawn even, and sit there in quiet and just let the stories come out of me. And it, it really was, it fed my soul. That's and cool. uh, I, I didn't write every day. I would write maybe two days a week or three days a week. But, you know, it's just like that old saying, how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Yeah. And I wasn't on a time frame where I was feeling like I had to roll out, you know, the book after book, not at the point where my kids were smaller. Now later, you know, when I got a publisher and I had deadlines then, yes, but by that point, the children were old enough that I didn't have the stress, yeah. you know, constantly taking care of them. At least you have a passion for something. So when you say that, that actually reminds me of my mom. My mom would say, you can be complete opposites, but as long as you have a passion and you have a desire to do something, you will find the time and you will find the motivation to go if you, if you know it's something that you really aspire to have. And I am just super, super curious. How did you feel? Like, what was the process of publishing your books for you? I've actually spoken to a few authors and they told me that as they were writing their stories, they found themselves more in tune with the with their characters, like they just knew them head to toe, like they just really got to know their person. So can I ask, how was that publishing process for you? Oh yeah, absolutely. I had the same experience. The first book I wrote, I took 15, uh, sorry, 14 years to get published. So for 14 years, well, the first three times, you know, I rewrote it three times, five times overall, but the first three times it was set in modern day and, you know, I had those characters. But then when I didn't get published, I was continually getting rejections after rejections. 
uh, from traditional publishing. And so I thought, you know what? I believe that historicals would be easier to sell. So I'm going to take my story and set it back in history. And I did. It took me like two years to do the research, make new characters, you know, the whole deal. Um, same kind of storyline, basically. But, you know, I had a lot of adjustments to make. And that that story that ended up being the first my first book went on to become a series of four books. And I took characters, you know, from the story and made the maid the main character in the second book and made the friend the main character in the third book. So it was kind of spin-offs of each other. That's amazing. Uh, when I finished that series, I literally grieved. I, I mm. felt like I lost my friends. I I wanted to spend more time with them. I wanted to ask them more questions and see what they would do, you know. Have you thought so, about, yeah. can I ask, have you ever, are you, do you know um, a, a sort of series called fan fiction? Have you ever thought about maybe writing fan fiction where you're not necessarily having to write a whole book where you can make like little articles or like little um, pieces of, the, of your story if you ever wanted to bring it back? Because I've actually spoken to a few authors as well and they said that when they finished their stories, when they felt they felt like so sad at the loss of not writing their same characters again they found that writing fan fiction actually helped them a lot or i think just like random stories that you could find on the internet i don't know if that's something that you'd probably be interested in or something that you've heard of i've heard of it yes my daughter-in-law writes fan fiction she's really good at it too um well now at this point in my career i'm on to the next book i'm working on two right now of my own along with ghostwriting for someone else so yeah i'm i'm full of ideas i have no <laughs> no uh, problem coming up with more stories i've got probably i don't know a dozen you know that i have jotted down in different places but um yeah i'm at the point now where i'm rolling them out as fast as i can uh, as i can do but but at the same time the longer I've been in this now my first book came out in the late 90s so I've been doing this about 25 years um, the more I am so sensitive to the quality of the writing and the uh, the details of the editing those things are super important to me now and so yes I'm rolling them out but I'm also going back incredibly detailed you know right before publication when you get, you know, they say send in your final draft, you know, I'm, I'm going over that like with a fine tooth comb looking at everything. And then when the galleys come out, you know, I'm also digging right in there and I'm so intent on uh, making it the best it possibly can be. So, yeah, I'm, you know, my mindset is different now yeah, uh, than it was then. Of course, you know, my first series was my first book that I actually held in my hand I mean I thought it was going to pass out oh, wow. <laughs> I got my first books. <laughs> because it's like you're seeing all of your work and everything that you put your blood sweat and tears into it's like you're finally holding it there so it's like it's phenomenal oh there's nothing like it I mean it's just absolutely amazing I, I my kids were all gathered around looking at the box they sent me 10 copies you know 10 author copies before publication and um, Did your kids love it? Oh my goodness, they just love it. They've all read my, you know, they read all my books, and, and everybody, you know, is, is like a family thing. After I started to get deadlines, and I started rolling out two books, and sometimes even three books a year, um, when I was working on a plot, we would do this brainstorming thing. It was so fun. We would sit around the dining room table, and I would give everybody three by five cards, and I would ask questions. Now this character is locked in the trunk. How do you think she could manage to get out? Write it on the card, throw it in the middle. And so they would all, you know, be sitting there writing their stuff on the card. And we had one comedian in the bunch who was always making outlandish suggestions and everybody was <laughs> laughing. <laughs> I love that. What a great time. And I got such good ideas. And not only that, my children to this day are very creative, highly creative. It runs and the, in the family. He's now an actor. Really? <laughs> yeah, he's, he's definitely an actor. <laughs> I'd like to think, I don't know if being a backstage extra, if 
necessarily counts as being an actor, but I typically will do stuff like that in my spare time. But that's just amazing. Like, it runs in a family, so your kids are going to be creative. I can just imagine your kids having gone to school and saying, my mom published a book, my mom published a book, and just jumping up and down with joy. <laughs> yeah. It's so it was interesting. Quite, it was quite amazing. Quite a magical life uh, for me and for them. I could do it while I was at home and be with them, and they were in the process with me, and uh, it was just a great, really great thing. Exactly, and that's incredible. And I, the the feeling that you described, Lana, just of how, you know, when you first grabbed your book and you saw it, after everything that you put into, it's finally there. You made your dream come true. It's just an amazing feeling. And for anyone who has like such a dream out there, and you know that you've accomplished it, it doesn't matter whether it's writing or even to be like a chef or a janitor it's like the moment you know that everything that you strove for has led you to the moment where you finally accomplished your dream it's mind-blowing I will admit though when I first got my cover letter my cover book uh, a few parts of it I was a little excited but a little disappointed I had to do a few changes before I was thinking okay before my book is up to my level I needed to do so many changes before I could just jump up and jump up and down for joy <laughs> Mm, yes, yes. Yeah, I understand that too. I've had a few disappointments along that line. <laughs> exactly. And my first book, I only ever had one book, and I published it December 2021. I'm so happy. Um, initially, I told them that my character had to look exactly like me. When I first got the cover book back, she had blonde hair, blue eyes, and a whole bunch of freckles. Personally, I don't have any of those things. <laughs> I don't have any of those things. So I thought I didn't know how to best say it, but just saying, um, you guys know how I look like. You know that I have a little bit tan skin. I have very dark brown eyes and very dark brown hair. I don't have any freckles at all. Could we do some changes? And then when I got my book and it was finally the way that I, the way that I knew that I wanted it to be, that's when I jumped up and down for joy. But I feel like it's little things like that in your journey. We encounter little obstacles, but I feel like as long as you're willing to push through and not give up, it's absolutely amazing. Absolutely. People always ask me, what would you say would be the one quality of someone who could be successful? What would it be? It would be one thing, don't quit. If I had stopped writing at, at year seven or at year 10 or at year 13, I would never have done what I've done today. And so just don't quit. You can get better. If you're not good enough right now, just keep learning. Get someone to coach you, you know, find out what you need to know. But if it's hard, you're not making it up. It's a passion. Just follow it. Don't second guess yourself. Just follow it. I always tell people if it's in your heart, you can't quit and it, you know, keeps coming back put it away and it comes you're not making you it something. up it's telling yeah. you something what would you say is the biggest tip that you would give anyone who is just starting out to wanting to become a writer or even wanting to publish a book aside you know from like really pursuing your goals and not giving up what is the biggest tip that you'd have for anyone who's just starting out find the kind of book you like and read 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 the kind of book you like and then Take, you know, take the energy of the book that you love, the kind of books that you love, and use that to kind of fuel yourself and build yourself up and write that, write that. A lot of find new authors are looking for what's selling, but don't do that. Look for what you love, the books you go to every time when you go to the library or you're looking on Amazon or whatever. That's what you should be writing. But read good authors, high quality authors, not, you know, just pick up anything that comes along. You don't want to get bad habits, yeah. but get bestsellers, get books that have been made into movies, get the top quality uh, books that are in the kind that you like and just read and absorb, absorb them.
if you want to feel like I put in my first 10,000 hours before I even was 15 in the library. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I say too. If even if you have to spend like over 10,000 hours in the library, go for it. Just be sure to like nourish yourself. Of course, if you have to go to get something to eat or drink, do that, but be be the be like us. Be like us, people who love the library. Be like us. <laughs> yeah. I love that. And I remember you telling me a little Lana that you're actually that you're actually a teacher as well. That you teach novel writing. Have, have you had any do you have any students who actually became authors as well? Like what is like can I ask oh, what's yeah. your passion for it? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um I I have a novel course online and, and the link is um how to write a novel that sells.com and you'll see I'll put on there people that have become published after taking the course there's several people in there um but i won the christie award in 2000 That's amazing. and the christie award is a national fiction award that was another thing you know i was passed out i mean I, I blew my mind that i won i couldn't believe i won yeah i was only four years into publishing at that point and i won a national award and when that happened all these people started coming out of the woodwork asking me for help all these young new authors hadn't been published yet looking at me and, and emailing me and calling me and meeting me at writers conferences and i'm a teacher right my major was education yeah and i thought you know i'm going to write a course because i can't personally coach all these people i need to have something i can hand out because I knew I had taken some writer's courses, I had read the books all those 14 years, and I knew there were some gaps in what was out there. And it wasn't until I got, you know, my own epiphanies on my own trial and error that I, I found out what those were and I was able to get published. So I took my method and I have a lot of worksheets and forms and charts and things that I use to speed it up. That's why I can write so much. I had these helps that helped me get, you know, on the way quickly. Yeah. And so I incorporated all of those, my own method, into the course as well as, you know, the tips that only another writer can tell you. Not an English teacher, <laughs> oh, but wow. an actual author. Yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting you say that because in college, like obviously growing up, you're gonna have English teachers. But when I got to college and my major was creative writing, a lot of my professors were actual authors themselves. So they would bring up so many tips and so many suggestions on how to bring your book about. And it was just so I mean all love to all, to all teachers anywhere, but I feel like when you have someone who's actually gone through the experience of being an author and actually they can tell you how their process was and all these tips. I had a professor. I don't know. If it, I don't know if you ever heard of this tip, Lana, but one of my professors said that if you are stuck with writer's block and you're not sure what to write, to literally just write IDK or I don't know repeatedly so many times, and that something eventually would come out. It actually worked for me. I couldn't believe that, and that was not that was something I never heard ever in my life. That's a really good one. That's a great one. I don't know if you. I don't know if you've ever heard that trick. No, I never heard of it before, but it's great. It was mind yeah. blowing because I thought, what is that gonna do? Me writing, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, and then all of a sudden I will see the word dog, dog shed a bone or something like that. I'm like, oh, so I guess something did come out. So that's just, <laughs> I didn't. I would look at my paper and it would make no sense to me, but I would bring about an idea and I think, okay, I have this word cat fetch something. I'm like, okay, so it's probably about animals. I would just that's it was just incredible what do you feel is have you ever have you encountered like any obstacles you know aside from having been a full-time mom and you know struggling to make time if you ever did what do you what were you say with like any obstacles that you had while you were publishing your book and how did you overcome that I'd love to hear about that my biggest obstacle was the publishing company and I got disillusioned with being in the publishing world for a, a bit there I'm back I'm back in with publishers again but um the fact that they were limiting the print runs and holding back funds for returns and there was just the whole thing the whole dynamic of the archaic publishing world 
was really discouraging to me. It isn't like it is in the movies, you know. So yeah. that, you know, prepare yourself. It's not all, you know, rainbows and roses with the publishing house. I mean, people want to get published, but realize, you know, get your contract looked at. Um, dot your I's, cross your T's, and do your own marketing because the publisher does very little marketing, if any. And I learned I had to do my own marketing. That was part of my job. And so along with writing all those books, I was out there marketing. I was pushing my books all the time. And well, I've sold a half a million up to now, half a million copies, but it's because I am a worker. You know, don't, don't think that just because you have a contract and a publisher, okay, easy street. No, the real hard work begins when the book comes out and you've got to get it in front of eyes you've got to get the reviews you've got to get all of this uh, connection with the people who want to you know like your type of book that's up to you the author so i think that's something that not many new writers realize you have to market your own books you definitely do it's really great point that you bring up, Lana, because for me, I had done self-publishing because for me, I had struggled really getting my book out there. And even though I was writing query letters and really reaching out to people, it was still really hard for me to get my foot out in the door. And a friend of mine had referred to me to this self-publishing company called Ludigree Press. I'm not sure if you have you ever heard of them. No, no, I haven't. Well, they're really... They were really great. Um, the royalties, you, you, they're one hundred percent yours. I paid for the copy editing, the publishing, ed- and everything so much, and it was a really great process. They helped me learn how to really market yourself because they said the exact same thing. You know, for you to market yourself, we can help you do that. But it's also really good to show that the marketing is coming from the author himself, so that people, the audience, can really see how much your book really means to you and how much work you put into it. They even said, like, a lot of times people think that writing the book is just hard work. It is, but there's more to be done once you have the book to show that you have, you know, that it's a work of art, but you have to really market it. Absolutely. And one of the things that I've started doing, you know, as I went further down was to include something in each book, fiction, but still some topic that I could hook into to, for the marketing, like my book coming out early next year has a stalker story in it about this woman has a stalker. And so because of that, I've already started reaching out to groups who are women's advocate groups and um, how, you know, to inform people about stalking and stalking situations. And I, I had a stalker back in 2014. And so I learned a lot about how the legal system works. I included all that into the book so then I would have a you know I wanted to help women for one thing to to understand what this is and how to protect yourself but the other thing is that now I have something to talk about in the world and I've been on some podcasts already where people are asking me questions about you know women stalking and so forth um so include some topic you know that could be a setting it could be a situation it it isn't really like the main part of the um you know the story but it's just something in there that um you know will help you market it because you need something to attach to you definitely (laughs) do and thank you so much for being open and transparent about that and i'm so sorry that you ever had to go to a situation like that i can imagine just how utterly terrifying that could be and especially knowing that you know a lot of times people would just blame people because if they're authors whatever you were able to help connect with other people and build a community that's absolutely amazing oh it was terrifying it it actually affected my mental health for about two years i think um it was extreme and you know i had a lot of trauma not just from the stalker but from the police (laughs) realizing that they weren't going to help me you know it was uh it was a terrifying situation it took me about five or six years to write that book because i was traumatized and i couldn't write about it without getting scared so you know i had to wait until i was 
healed enough yeah. to be able to do it. Yeah. Exactly. And it's really great that you bring that up because you know, I feel like a lot of times writing can be healing. A lot of times I'm a big advocate in saying that if you can't say something, you could always write it down because a book is not going to judge you, words judge you, and sometimes if it's really hard for people to let out their voice, hopefully a lot of times they could realize that you do have a voice and maybe writing can help bring it back to you. And I like to think that writing in so many aspects can be healing. I actually had gone through a scammer situation and that person was just utterly terrible and tried to scam so many other people and I have no doubt they're going to continue to scamming other people. And I felt ashamed to talk about it because it's like, you know, they, they stole money from me. They stole so many things and my vulnerability. But I figured, you know, when the time is right, I'll write more about it. But I think gradually writing did help me a lot because I'm able to talk about it and I'm able to helpfully tell other people, you know, we don't have to be ashamed. If we can't talk about it right now, we can write it down. And it's so, it's just so helpful to think. Writing, I think, can heal a lot more than people think. Oh, absolutely. Yes, definitely. I think a piece of us always goes in the story, whether we plan on it or not. It's going to show up. Yes, it 100% will. And I would love to ask you as well, have you, how do you have like downtime? Cause I remember you saying that, you know, you write for so long, like what fuels your fire? <laughs> I'd love to know about that as well. I, I write in intense uh, segments. I'll write intensely around the clock for 24, 48 hours. I'll stop and take naps, like three or four hours of sleep, get back up, go at it because it's in my brain, you know? And, and when I'm sleeping, I'm still thinking about the story. So. Uh, but then, then I don't, I put it away and I don't write, you know, probably for a week and I'll go out and I'll do other things and get away from the computer, uh, to give myself a break. And then by the time I come back, I'm, I'm pepped up again. I've, I've recharged my battery, had time to think through some things that are going on in the story and so forth. And I'm excited to come back to it. So that's how I work best because once I'm in the writing mode, I don't want to lose anything by stopping until I, you know, kind of run out of steam after a while. Um, and then I know it's time for me to just do something else, cook, you know, go, yeah. go shopping, go do those other things. Do the typical things that like running errands or things like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just even going to the grocery store. It's like, I'm out of the house. I'm away from the computer. Oh, I can breathe for a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I find myself finding it easy to write things if I'm on the subway and I take the subway every day of my life so I will just be like okay we have a few delays okay that gives me time to write and even though like I really don't write on paper anymore I will just be writing some random things in my in my phone journal I'm thinking okay I'm getting a little hyped up but I have to get off pretty soon but you know I'm still typing and sometimes (laughs) if the train is still having issues still typing yeah. yeah that's great it definitely is and I'm just really curious what would you say is the biggest motivation that you have aside from like writing like do you have plans to make um, a, a movie out of your stories like do you have plan to make any like documentaries what do you feel like your your writing can take you more further do you have any like I don't know like potential goals that your writing can help take you sure yeah I'm actually in a contest right now that uh, where the winner gets a book deal and a potential uh, movie deal from the book. So, yes, I've definitely thought of it. I, I have consulted with movie producers over my plots, and the movie producers are amazing because they have such a different look at what the story is, you know, with a movie in mind, uh, which I learned so much from that consultation. So yes, I have been heading that direction, um, not letting it slow me down by focusing on it too much, but still, you know, I'm always learning, love learning. So I, I just love to find out more about what it takes, how a movie is different than a book and so forth. So yes, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely heading that way. Oh my gosh, you, I feel like I'm just learning from a professional storyteller, which I am. I. I feel like this is just, this wasn't meant to be chat. I'm just super excited. I, if you do get a movie out, will you please let me know? 
Because I'm oh, like, sure, I'll be telling everybody. Believe me. <laughs> yes, that's amazing. And oh my gosh, do you have do you have a podcast of your own as well? Are you planning to maybe about your know your writing journey as well? I think you would definitely make an amazing podcast if you so much. I am right now making my plans to start a podcast in the fall called Novel Nuggets. Uh, only five title. to seven minutes, and just a little, a little something, a little tip, a little resource or something. So, five to seven minutes of audio. And uh, I even thought that if I have a great idea for a book, I could even put that out there, you know. So, novel nuggets, just probably in the fall. I will stay tuned for that. This is just such an an amazing chat. I'm having an absolute blast because I just feel like. For so many people, I know a lot of people who may think, you know, that they can never be an author because maybe money-wise or maybe they don't feel like they have much to write about or even feeling like they, you know, like people may not want to listen to what they have to say, but that's totally not the case. And I think this this episode is definitely going to be so amazing and maybe empowering for so many people who need to hear that your dreams are a possibility. It may take a little bit of work. It may take a little bit of maybe money and time and effort, but you will get there. You will get to the finish line. Oh, yeah. It is totally doable. There are so many people like painters, inventors, other people that had so much passion for what they did. It took a while for them to, you know, take off. But eventually, you know, they're common day names. We know today, like Leonardo da Vinci and other people. I know. And yeah. Come to think of it, I don't even think they were famous when they were alive. Right. And then they're memorized for years and years to come, decades, centuries, even after they're gone. Yeah. I went to a book signing with James Patterson. You met him? Uh, Yeah, I didn't meet him personally, but was there yeah he was on the on the stage they had it was a different kind of book signing it was more like a presentation where you walked in and you had to pay it was a paid event you walked in uh they had people at the tables you went up and gave them your name they checked you off and handed you a signed book you didn't actually stand there while he signed it so you had your signed book and then you went in the auditorium and he was up there on the stage with an interviewer and the woman was asking him questions he was answering so that's as close as I got to James Patterson, but I want I wanted to go there to see how does a big name author do a book signing? I'd never been around anybody, you know, besides those of us who were just, you know, like sitting in Barnes and Noble, <laughs> I, <that's laughs> hoping somebody incredible. will stop, you know. If you ever um, do get the answer, will you please let me know because <laughs> I, I'm actually cursed myself, and I think it is my goal to i used to say that i wanted to aspire to be like stephen king or james patterson because the way that they write stories i feel like they really weren't they went raw on their books and i don't know i still remember cujo or misery or even it and i'm thinking how does one have just the utter talent just for writing and i my gosh if i could ever meet him if you ever meet him please let me know i just will say hi thank you thank you (laughs) he said that he had uh 31 rejections of his first book so 31 31 yeah that's incredible base but look at him today (laughs) that's exactly what i'm talking about there's one thing he did and that was he didn't quit He didn't quit. He kept on learning, kept on improving, kept on, you know, going to conferences, going to places where you're going to meet people in the writing world and and get to know people who are published because, you know, you're you're become the essence of the five people that you associate with the most or something like that. Um, Surround yourself with people who are doing what you want to do. Exactly. Huge. That's actually the same feeling that I had when I, after so long, I did not think it would ever happen. But growing up in New York, I would see so many book, so many books, and seeing that they were in Penguin Random House, and I always wanted to work there. And I didn't think I would even get the chance to even intern there. And I've only ever been an intern, and I thought, pinch me, nobody pinch me. Am I dreaming? <laughs> and I remember <laughs> thinking, I don't know. The environment just felt really amazing. 
and I remember my first day I was helping out with the book launch party and I was learning like just the utter passion that a lot of these editors had for this person that was that was literally in the midst of publishing her book and seeing all of the support for her and I was like okay I don't really believe in miracles but I do believe in them now but and I thought that's just amazing to see how much work goes into one book to see how much support there is given to the author you know whether you're editing it whether you know you're even beta reading it's just amazing unfortunately though about seven months into my internship seven weeks actually the pandemic had cut it to being at home so but I was like you know what it's still something it's still something and I thought okay the more that I was given books to edit the more that I was given books to read I thought I don't like the pandemic for this reason but you know what it gave me enough chance to sit down and buckle down and write and just read and I thought okay I'm not always on the go, but it's just utterly amazing to see how much passion is being put into a book and support that's given for it. Oh yeah, it takes an entire team of people. I think it takes a village. Yeah, it does. It totally does. And I'm so appreciative uh, and thankful for my beta readers, my editors, anyone who wants to invest time uh, has been absolutely a gift because you can't do it all your yourself. I guess that's one thing that new writers need to understand as well. Don't feel like you're out there alone just because you're writing when you're alone. <clears throat> when you actually get to producing the book, there's going to be a lot of people involved and, you know, be okay with that. Exactly. And the important thing is to realize that even if it seems really difficult, If you don't give up, anything is possible. And a lot of times I think that, especially like, you know, with the way that sometimes the world can be, there's so much negativity in the world and there's so much, there's there's so many stories of people saying that they wanted to do something, but they couldn't because they felt like the obstacles were against them. But I'd like to think that hopefully with talks like this and everything that you're teaching people, your students, or even with your books, I'd like to think that hopefully we can provide this message that if you have a dream, even if it's not to be a writer, go for it because you never know what's going to happen and you never know what opportunities life will bring. Absolutely. There are synchronicities and magic. When my first book got published, a friend of mine had read the, the manuscript and you know, I was so nervous about showing it to anyone and she wanted it. She was a reader. And I said, yeah, you know, here it is. You know, I hope you don't think it's too bad. Um, and she loved it and she met someone and she told them about my book. I don't even know how I came up in the conversation. I wasn't there. She called me up and she said, I met someone who has a brother who works for a publishing company. And I went, what? She said, yeah, and it's just exactly the kind of book they want. She has, she gave me her contact information, okay, to send her the manuscript. I'm like, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, how did that happen? You know? I love that. It's just like, I feel like everything was put into place and you were dirty and you were given like a lot of support. That's your village right there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yep. For me, when I was first writing my book and when people found out that I was self-publishing, a lot of times all I got was just pure negativity. Oh, why are you self-publishing? Oh, your book's not going to be a success. You know, you really should just think about doing something more rational, more practical. No one's going to be a successful author. You You really won't have a bestseller. And it took me a long time to really figure out if people aren't supporting you, if people aren't supporting your goal, then they're really not in your corner and we don't need negativity. You really don't. And I'd like to think that even if people do support you or they don't, your dreams and your feelings are still valid. And if you have a passion, the sky is the absolute limit. You never know what can happen. Yes, absolutely. Uh, It's so important to really understand the energy you're getting from the people around you. Super important. And I've had friends that want to you know, bully me and tell me what I should be doing and blaming me for not doing what they said and things like that. 
and there's something that I do that has worked so well for me and I just I say it's like when you have a boat that's tied to a dock you know you have the rope tied around this piling or this post or whatever yeah all you have to do is just untie the rope and let the boat drift out to sea you don't have to say stay away from me just let them drift away don't call them as often just be busy just let them go their way and don't foster and nurture the relationship and eventually they won't be calling you with that negativity anymore it's just that simple don't have to be ugly about it but at the same time if you have a dream and you're already struggling with what's going on inside your own head <laughs> you don't it's need not someone beneficial, else exactly yeah <laughs> i've lost a lot of people along the way but i feel like i wish those people only the absolute best but i think they were placed in my life for a reason but they were taken out of my life because i don't need that i don't need people who made me feel so low or haven't been supportive or even ghosted me i just feel like people are given to your life for a reason but maybe they can help be your stepping stone into really just achieving the ultimate greatness in your life and <laughs> i have no other questions for you i feel like you answer all of them and it's just so amazing Oh, <laughs> I have really enjoyed our conversation. Tell me a little bit about the book you wrote. I'm I'm interested in knowing what type of mystery is it. It's really it's really interesting that you talk that you asked me that because for me, initially I wanted it to be a murder mystery, but I decided to make it a psychological thriller book. A doctor, a private detective named Sasha Thomas, she finds out that her son was killed by by the doctor who was supposed to be treating him during his chemo. So she ends up going on to a mission to finding a way to try to destroy him for revenge. And so it's basically a psychological thriller and I literally dreamt that. It's not based on any reality, but I think it's also because I like I secretly love to watch Lifetime mil- movies. Mm. Wow. Wow. I want to know the title. <laughs> the Doctor, the toxic combination of love and love, love, hatred and revenge is served. Okay. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, feel free. If you have any, even if, if you have any critiques, please let me know. I definitely want to be able to improve. It sounds very interesting. Um, when she decided to go for the psychological uh, revenge. She wanted you know, to, to make him feel her pain. And yeah. I actually decided to... My character, I had always wanted to write a psychological thriller novel, but I think I got more inspired because I always tell people this. Um, I had been bullied in school really badly when I was in middle school, and I, I guess a part of me always thought that if I had been another, a stronger type of human being, maybe the kids would have left me alone, maybe if I knew how to stand up for myself. If I had been a different kind of person who knew how to fight against, you know, bullies, I would think, you know, my character Sasha Thomas would be the exact opposite of me. She wouldn't know how to defend herself. And I remember thinking, you know, writing really helped me talk about it and really like I never really told anybody what was going down throughout throughout the bullying, but I but I remember thinking, you know what? Why not use these experiences for the better? I can write and just let everything out and I think everything just sort of fell into place. And I think it was really interesting because I started writing my book when I was in college and I was 20 in college and the professor had this prompt that said if there was another version of you it looked exactly like you but in another world and they're the complete opposite of you how would they be I submitted for a two to three short story assignment I submitted over 50 pages and my professor said you submitted over 56 pages for a two to three page assignment you obviously have something to say so why don't you continue saying it and i thought and i thought you know what you're actually right because i said my story's not done yet i was gonna get so i ended up about 95 pages and that same that same week and she says you really are taking the short story assignment a little too much aren't you i said yeah pretty much I submitted 56 pages for one assignment. It's, 
if a student ever gave you 56 pages for a short story assignment, like maybe two out of three, and they gave you over 56 pages, would you read it? <laughs> She's looking at it from that perspective. I'm, I'm looking at it as a born writer, a natural writer. <laughs> she told me, she, in her own words, she said, you obviously have something to say here, so uh, why don't you continue? And I said, you know, you're right. So then the next week, I gave her over 95 pages. She said, I thought you were going to submit over maybe 75. You went over 95. I said, yeah, was I not supposed to? I kept saying, was I not supposed to? I submitted over 56 pages for a two or three page assignment. I thought, what is wrong with me? That is amazing. What a great story. I thought, uh, and my professor saw the stack of papers. I could still remember her face. <laughs> she was just like, this is, this is not a short story. This is a book. But her jaw just dropped. You hit, hit the floor. <laughs> her jaw just dropped and I thought, I thought her eyes almost went out of her head. That <laughs> was just... Oh my god, that's if I had just taken if I'm like, why did I take a picture of that moment? Yeah. Everybody it's amazing. What a great exercise to write about the opposite version of yourself. That, that would yeah. be Maybe fabulous. you could even give that prompt to your students, you know, like if there's another version of you out in the world or in the in the universe, or even another universe, they look exactly like you physically, but they're the complete opposite. How would they be like? Maybe a student of yours will probably give you over a hundred pages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if anybody, if and if anybody ever is a student like me, I would like please let us know because I'm just kind of curious. Does anybody has anybody else ever submitted over something over twenty something pages for an assignment? <laughs> I would love to know that. Yeah, I probably was. The, I probably am the kind of student that most teachers would want to avoid. If they don't want to read too much of my work, it's not that I were I ever misbehave. It's not that I ever misbehaved, but probably just think, yeah, you have way, way too much. Right? <laughs> Having too much fun here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she told me you obviously have something to go, so continue going. So I submitted 95 pages, and she said, I thought you were going to be with me like 75 or 65. You went over to almost 100. And I and I just remember responding, was I not supposed to? And I think and I think as time went on, I started giving her, I gave her over like 300 pages. And I thought, oh my God, I'm going to torture <laughs> this poor professor. And I was like, okay, maybe not 300, maybe like less than 200, maybe. I don't even remember the amount anymore. That's how much I wrote. Yeah. This has been an absolute blast. I'm still laughing. I'm still laughing. <laughs> terrific, terrific conversation, Sally. It really was. Let's talk again. Yes, of course. You let me know your schedule. And we can continue setting up. But I don't know if you have any um, final thoughts or anything else you'd like to share because I don't want to take up too much of your night. But it's been an absolute blast. I'm still laughing. Tears are coming out of my eyes. Well, just to tell everybody, you know, follow your heart, just follow your heart and, and just give yourself the, the knowledge of knowing you're not making it up. You're not imagining things. This is in your heart. So honor it and go for it. Exactly. Thank you so much, Sally. I love that. And thank you so much again, Lana. And it's been an absolute pleasure. And for those of you who have been listening to us, I hope I hope you all have a great day, afternoon, morning, evening, or night, wherever you are in the world. Please stay tuned for next week, and until then, keep on soothing.